people like people like games. What's up? What's up? And welcome back to episode 16 of People Like Games. If you do not know yet, I'm Solo. And I'm Lilo. And this is the show. Uh, if you, as usual, we got to plug this in early. Uh, if you have not gotten a chance, be sure to hit up iTunes or Google Play and subscribe and leave some love and hit us up on Twitter at People Like Games. And also, Show us you're out there. just a little announcement for uh, future uh, episodes, rather Tuesday specifically, we're going to be reintroducing our interview segment. And for our first comeback interview, Lilo had the opportunity to speak with Matt Laycock, who is the uh, co-creator and lead designer on a few board games. Um, Lilo, tell them tell what it is. It's just a, a nice little interview. So we went off a little, I, I realized that people like games can be much broader than just video games. Right now we're focusing on video games, but I'm a fan of games in general. This guy created some board games, one especially popular called Pandemic. And I wanted to see um, what it was his method to his madness. So we got an interview going on. It's about like a half an hour. You can check it out next Tuesday. It's going to be pretty sweet, I think. Though... If you do listen, just keep in mind, it was my first interview, okay? So, so be nice. Just and send uh, your criticisms to, to me so I can lord them over him. Exactly. <laughs> that. Just don't anyway, tell me directly. Exactly. Don't tell him directly, but I'll relay it. So let me know and make sure it's mm-hmm. funny and mean. But, <laughs> <laughs> but regardless, uh, let's get into things. So first up. Uh, Bioshock because I oh rather actually I'm I'm gonna backtrack that a little bit. Um, did you get a chance to check out the trailer or the uh, what was that? I want to say the teaser for Incredibles two. Yes, the Olympic uh, teaser for Incredibles two. Awesome, well overdue. I think there's a huge fan base. It's probably smart by pixar because of the superhero craze we're currently in if they had done this earlier you know probably better but i'm super pumped and fun facts about that you think about like how long ago it came out right it came out in like 2008 i think or something earlier maybe whatever it did those voice actors all grew up or at least the kid actors all grew up so they had to get some people and they sound exactly the same isn't that insane i heard the kid talking and i was thinking just that i was like how did they manage to replicate the voice of a kid? Like, Apparently exactly. they brought a new kid in, and this new kid was killing it for Dash. Wow. Dash, the uh, little fast son. It's awesome. I That's thought that was insane, idea. but yeah. I'm excited. Super pumped. Um, top three um, Pixar movie for me, personally. Oh, yeah. For sure, for sure, but, for sure. But hopefully they don't go crazy and try to make Ratatouille 2 or something. Anyway. Oh, man. Next that was up, a classic. Uh, I mean, Ratatouille is a classic, but... I don't need an unnecessary Cars 2-esque sequel. But right, right, right. now uh, there is apparently talks for a Call of Duty movie. Activision Blizzard Studios has reportedly been looking at Sicario 2 director Stefano Salima. I They apparently want to make a sort multiple Call of Duty movies in multiple different worlds to create an Marvel Cinematic Universe type 
uh, interaction amongst them. I don't think Call of Duty is that capable of pulling that off because I don't think it's fundamentally based on story. But regardless, Sicario 2 was not Sicario 1, which is an incredible movie, well worth your time. Sicario 2 is... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sicario 2? All right, Sicario 1 I thought was awesome. The director definitely knows how to... Now, tension and action. Yeah, it's a different together. director, though. I thought it was the same director. Isn't that the, the whole sequel? point? Nah. Yeah. Oh, okay. I know it's a standalone, so. Yeah, well, exactly. Standalone, well, whatever, but yeah, whoever. whoever the guy, who, you know who directed um, Sicario? Dennis Villanueva. He's the guy who did Arrival and recently Ooh, okay. did Blade Runner in 2049. I gotcha. Okay. Anyway. He knows what he's doing. He does. Yeah. Quality director. And then last up, we have Shaq Fu. A Legend Reborn is coming out apparently for some reason because now it is time for 90s nostalgia to be commercialized. And so welcome back, Shaq Fu, which I had on Psychogenesis. And awful game, but pretty hilarious nonetheless. Hey, it's going to be much better looking and hopefully funner, but... Yeah. yeah. Hey, I like Shaq, man. Real Steel. Love that movie growing up for sure. So bring bring it on. I'm fine with that. Perfect. I'll, Perfect. I'll try some Shaq Boo out. And so we are actually going to move towards sort of uh, creating segments within the show for you guys. And so this segment we're going to call Quick Scope from now on. And it's just going to be a sort of quick run through a couple of headlines that are prevalent or relevant in the uh, gaming industry. Uh, and then we'll follow up with what the following main segment is going to be about once this finishes. But anyway, starting that off, there is, or there has been a new Bioshock, Bioshock book announced by third editions. Uh, they're best known for literary, literary adaptations of franchises like Dark Souls, Final Fantasy, and Metal Gear Solid. And the book titled Bioshock from Rapture to Columbia is now available. It uh, just sort of provides a literary analysis of the series, goes through the details of the creation of it and sort of development process of the game and how it was sort of shaped. If you're a Bioshock fan, which you should be if you're a gamer, and if you're not, go buy a fucking copy of the game first and then buy the book after you finish it. It's available on their website for 30 bucks. And so I'd suggest checking it out. Yeah, pick it up. Yeah. Great game. I'm cool sure copy. it's going to be an awesome book, especially if you're interested in how games are designed and how they go from conception to final product. So. Seriously. Seriously. And uh, next up we have, if you did not get a chance to check out Sea of Thieves when the beta was available last month, you're going to get a second shot. It has free, uh, at, not free access, I guess they're just re relaunching the closed beta again. It's going to be February. Right. It's going to be tomorrow or today, rather, because it's Friday, 10 a.m. to uh, 10 a.m. on uh, February 18th. Uh, they basically want to check out the infrastructure and check to see how many concurrent players they can put together. They released a statement that you should expect difficulty at peak times, um, interruptions, and having issues with the in-game shop. However, that's all part of the process to be able to have it ready to handle those numbers come March 20th when the game releases, which I assume are going to be monster numbers because the game passed, which the game is going to be available on uh, the day of its release. 
smart move. I mean, you got to do it. All big companies with uh, big name titles that people are excited about need to test out their servers so you avoid day one crashes. Granted, uh, no, we'll we'll see how it goes considering a lot of companies still fail on day one. So if you have the closed beta, try it out. And I'm sure there's been a lot of streaming. So if you don't get access to it, definitely go on Twitch. You'll see a lot of your favorite streamers or whoever um, playing the game and you can get a feel for what it's like in case you want to pick up a copy when it comes out. Don't pre-order it though. Just FYI. All right. That way you don't give them money and it's bad. Agreed. <laughs> sort of like, Agreed. Always wait out the beta. Always wait out an opportunity to try out a game. But now they're forcing sort of consumers' hands by tying in relevant DLC or upgrades into pre-ordering a game. Yeah, I feel yeah. What, I mean, what can you do? It'll be all right. It'll be fine. Uh, you don't need it. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, and then next up, we have a piece of information that Lilo here felt was quite unnecessary to get into, but after <laughs> debating with myself and other experts, such as myself himself. while talking out loud. <laughs> he wanted to debate between himself and only himself. And I was like, on, you know what? We're going to get on with this. Uh, YouTube is adding Turner Networks uh, to YouTube TV. And it's going to be raising the price from $35 to 40 Relatively interesting to me in particular because it sort of is pivoting away from, you know, with that and the content creator changes that had come together a couple of weeks prior due to the Logan Paul issue. So YouTube sort of shifting away from what it was initially, which was a sort of place for people to get their videos, uh, you know, seeing just randomly upload videos and has become more of a medium for more established corporate entities. Um, it is just funny. We ended up with the exact cable companies we thought we decided we had to detach ourselves from. This time now, its name is YouTube, not Comcast. So True. funny True. how that shit goes. Um, but that's all. Uh, don't allow that fate to happen in, in, in microtransactions, hence the point. Anyway, next up, touching on a story I had sat down with Trouty with about last week, two weeks ago, when Shadow of Colossus was released, which was the potential trend following the success of Crash Bandicoot of seeing a lot of these games that we grew up with in the 90s and 2000s come out with their remastered versions. Lo and behold, uh, earlier this week, the Spyro the Dragon series uh, was announced for a remaster. Uh, apparently, it'll be available Q3 20. 18. Um, I'm excited for it. I really loved Spiral when it was out. Uh, I think a lot of those early PS2, PS1 games are in line for something like this. And what do you think? Are you excited or are you unexcited? Because we had touched on one particular thing, which is are we going to see a lack of new potential IP because they're going to go back into all of these old games and start trying to remaster them? and trying to get right. like a new Spyro game out instead of a potential new series. Right. I definitely think, um, no, we're definitely going to get new stuff all the time just because there's, it's getting easier to create video games. Yes, it requires a lot of money, but you got things like Kickstarter and stuff like that, so you got more indie games coming out. I think you get new IP that way, which is great. Um, I think it's awesome that they're bringing this stuff back because our children are going to be able to play games in a medium that is more suited to them. Mm -hmm. And these games are something we can bond over. Same way, it's the reason why like Mario is timeless. 
a timeless enterprise. And Spyro was one of those things that we grew up with. And I think it's awesome. So, dude, not to take anything away from Spyro and transition a little bit, do you ever play Sly Cooper? Yes. Game with the yes. Food? Dude, I, I literally, I hadn't mentioned that weeks ago. I was like, yo, that game is I know, amazing. I know. I know did. The game so is funny. awesome. And I wish they did the same thing with Spyro with Sly Cooper. I yes. want Sly Cooper. That Agreed. game was awesome. 100%. Oh, 100%. Okay. Did, I remember I once... Thunder, but like I, I was just wanting to mention that. I thought about it when Spyro was coming out. I was like, damn, not just Spyro, but like Crash Bandicoot is coming out. That's cool. Yeah. Spyro. I mean, I love Crash Bandicoot too, though. So like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro, and now I, I agree, Sly Cooper. What else is it? Ratchet and Clank, but Ratchet and Clank's already out. Like, it's, ah, uh, man. Okay. Yeah. I just wanted to mention that. Yeah. It's a good point, though. Um, next up, For Honor base grows to 7.5 million with. Almost a million active users per month, which is pretty surprising to me. I, I don't necessarily know what that game's about. Um, it's funny because uh, one player on Reddit ended up doing some math and found out it would take a player two and a half years to unlock all the customizations in the game. Uh, <laughs> right? Two and a half years yeah. of gameplay. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, but well, did the company's responded. response to that? What was it? I just just that the the goal of the game was not to allow you to unlock everything. The goal of the game was so that you were forced to pick a path and then had to um you could unlock everything in like one characterization. You know, if you want to be a warrior, you want to be an assassin, you wanted to be a ninja, but you weren't supposed to be able to unlock everything. They wanted to isolate you with a character that makes sense. So yeah. you're you're kind of pigeonholed, which is a really crazy idea it's kind of cool kind of weird i don't know i respect it to the degree that it is fair to be like i mean we didn't make the game for someone to be like i want to unlock everything and do everything you know it was meant to scale outside of one's ability to do that purposefully but you know i guess it's fair to be like yo if i could buy my way into it within two months maybe it'd be fair to make that one year of gameplay i don't know but whatever the case whatever game is the really case. fun you ever played the beta like i'm actually impressed that the numbers are still as high and also one seventh is about 14 percent of the user base playing concurrently which means they have fans which is great but they have dedicated fans they yeah. have about 15 percent of the people on at any given time which is insane if you think about the numbers wise where like rocket league you you got like maybe two million concurrent players, but forty million downloaded the game. You know what I mean? Yeah, so, seriously. Oh, you make so, a good point. Yeah, That's For Honor cool. has a high percentage of their user base still playing, and it's because they're dropping new content and they're making it fun, and the gameplay is awesome. It's like it's very skill based, man. It's it's kind of like a fighter, a third person fighter, and it's awesome. Yeah, really I, cool. anytime you update yeah, content continually, you know you're and it's well, you know timed etc you you could really maintain the the user base the way they are so it's a a good lesson for a lot of game companies to not emulate but to to learn from right right right. i mean they try to it's just different monetary reasons we don't really know the backstory but i get it i get it just want to mention that 14 percent is a freaking high number agreed beyond agreed but speaking of medieval games kingdom come deliverance uh, apparently very popular it's being touted as one of the first big PC releases for 2018. It is pretty cool in terms of its story and the number of potential uh, variables that they allow in the game is, is pretty ridiculous. But 
simultaneously. It's sort of like a, a Skyrim game yeah. that is not really well developed because it, apparently it's, it gets pretty laggy and it gets, you know, uh, it gets it gets a little bit difficult to run, but it doesn't take away from the fact that it's pretty unique. Uh, I had read like some thing about a controversy or another, but I, I, I didn't really look into it. The game looks cool. Um, I can't say it's my fair. What about yourself? Look interesting. Uh, it definitely seems interesting. I think the idea behind the game is based in the medieval times. In case anyone was wondering, and. It has very realistic mechanics for that age. You have trebuchets, you have the combat with armor and swords and shields and whatnot like that. You say it's Skyrim-based because it's sort of um, that first-person view going into the game, but at the same time, Skyrim had a lot of magic, and it was definitely super wonky. This game is trying to be realistic, sort of the way PUBG is in shooters compared to Fortnite, where Fortnite's gamified, PUBG is more realistic, that kind of stuff. That's true. That's true. um, Deliverance is trying to be a realistic medieval first-person fighter game, which is, I don't know, it's cool. It's cool for what it is, and obviously they're, it's popular, so people like it. We'll see how it, uh, how it does in the long run. Yeah, agree, agree. It's definitely pretty popular in, in the short term. It's getting pretty good viewing numbers on Twitch as well, but we'll see. We'll see the long term and see how it gets updated. Anyway, last up here in the Quickscope segment, uh, the TT Games, which is the developer behind a lot of the successful Lego games, uh, officially announced a new UK studio. It's relevant because they're specifically going to be focused on designing Lego mobile games uh, for mobile platforms, rather. I think it's a perfect mesh for Lego to move their games over to iPads and iPhones for kids. I, I like the console ones a lot, but I, I wouldn't imagine it's worth it. There are a couple on your phone already. I think they're just looking to make main titles on mm-hmm. the f- platform. More of a focus for like better games because as as the games become games, mobile games are going to become more sophisticated moving forward. And yeah, so, man, dude, they like the the Lego games are relatively um, low processing power, right? If you think about it, and our our phones are pretty powerful nowadays, so you can handle everything that a Lego game throws at you and then some, and then incorporating that into a mass market. It's just brilliant. So good play by uh, Lego, for sure. Agreed, agreed. But now, as we said, we wrapped it up. Now we're going to move into, move forward, something called the main segment for lack of a more interesting way to name it for the time being, to be frankly honest. Um, and we're just we'll going to go into some longer. Don't worry, just deal with us. Exactly. <laughs> This is some agile framework shit, man. We're trying to be like, boom, boom, iteration, iteration, as fast as we can. So that's why you'll notice. Brand new show. Don't even worry. Exactly. Won't be slowly low. We'll be like some some weird alien names. Don't worry. We're just changing everything. Exactly. If every day you you see or hear a new, or every episode hear a new theme song, that is not your imagination (laughs) (laughs) that is me trying to potentially figure out which song does not get boring to me after the first five times i have to edit it into an episode but that's neither here nor there we're gonna jump into some overwatch shit beginning with a follow-up to a story we had mentioned last week which was in regards to the overwatch league stage one playoffs being held 
on the same day and the team that inevitably won London Spitfires ended up having to play three games over the course of 12 hours to eventually be able to win that uh, championship. And we had talked about how obviously they should move it to Sunday officially announced the stage finals have been moved to Sundays at 1 PM Pacific. And they also, which stage two begins on February 21st. They have also uh, established a, a few other uh, standardizations for the schedule. So matches on Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays will all kick off at 4 p.m. Pacific, which I get, but I don't think is the smartest idea because you would have a far bigger market if you allowed, if you had launch at like 3 p.m. Eastern, because then you would be getting kids after school. You're going to miss a big segment of the market by forcing a one o'clock start on the Eastern. Uh, standard, but that's neither here nor there. Saturday matches. Wait, you say 3 p.m. PST? Yes, EST. That'd be 6 p.m. Eastern? What are you talking about? No, no, no. If it was 6 p.m. Pacific and 3 p.m. Eastern, I think that would be a perfect starting time. Oh, 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 oh I got you. Yeah. Hey, I think the bigger market right now for Owls is in Los Angeles, A, because that's where it is. So they want to get the athletes, I'm sure. Uh, more time in the night. They don't want them there all night playing games. And then also separately, you got like Asian audiences. So I think better. Um, yeah. Cool. I want to, I wonder what, what time zones that also works well with. I'm going to look that up. I'm going to find out right. and I'll get back to you guys with it. <clears throat> uh, also, and more overwatch news uh, this weekend, it'll be free uh, to play again. Like I think they did over Christmas or some, other recent time I recall mentioning on the show. Um, worth it. Check it out. Overwatch is awesome. And speaking really of... Fun, it is don't really fun. get upset. People suck all the time. Exactly. Come and just... Um, don't just be a dick. It. Yeah, also, yeah, try not to be a dick. You don't That's need to be a hunter. Like, don't be a jerk to people. Like, shit happens. Like, shit happens. Enjoy. Fucking video just, game. Just have fun. I think it's smart smart buddy the team obviously free to play is the best way to go get everyone out there and join it and then they really like it they'll pay that 60 dollars to play the game dot 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 agreed uh watch drop it come on blizzard come on blizzard we're we're way ahead of the curve we're just trying to teach you how to get here like (laughs) come on bro yeah jump on our coattails we'll lead you lead you Allow people to choose which player they want to f- watch when it comes to the owl. Allow us to lead you, Blizzard. We can be quote unquote like, esports consultants. Dude, we got that. Just gotta pay us some money so we can pay rent. That's yeah. pretty much the most important. Check thing. out that 15 episodes of expertise, big dogs. Hit <laughs> us up. Let's anyway, go. on to these PTR changes. Um, I am thoroughly upset that it's fucking may who is getting stronger of all people are you kidding me don't be upset about that that's amazing think I about that May. Dude, I why do i want someone to be better exactly. with me and then we're just gonna get better because a lot of people don't use her you don't see her in competitive unless you're on defensive on the payload that's the only place defensive payload those maps are the ones you play may with so that's true or utilization and that's the whole idea behind the changes they're making. Sorry for interrupting. I just wanted to throw out there. I love May. I hate May. I hate May. 
cold assassin, and it's hilarious. You just freeze people, shoot them in the face, and then you wave at them as they die. It's so hilarious. Upsetting. So upsetting. <laughs> so upsetting. Uh, but uh, you, you have more details on the changes? Yeah, this Selimbra, uh is no her EMP is no longer going to be blocked by small objects, and her hack no longer gains ultimate charge or from hacking the health packs. Cast yeah, time yeah. is reduced from 0.8 to 0.65. Uh, now disables the following abilities. Genji's cyber agility, Hanzo's wall climb, Barra's hover jets, Lucio's healing boost and speed boost, wall ride, mercy, angelic descent. Wow. They made Selmer really strong. Just, just to clarify, this is just in PTR. So they're testing it out in the market to see how well it does. And they're going to get a lot of feedback, and I'm sure they'll uh, reevaluate this. But yeah, if they're trying to make Sombra more viable in the competitive scene as well by stopping a lot of the heroes' abilities that they have innately. Because, I mean, yeah, half the time, if you hack Farrah, it doesn't really do anything. What can't she do? She can't use her uh, her rockets, but or not her rockets, her um, her knockback. But, but she can still fly. But, still fly that's the point like that, that makes no sense keeping her on the ground is how sombra would kill her Does that makes sense yeah it's like that's fair. a smart move same thing with genji you hack him but then he hops all around you until the hack's done which is five seconds later so it's completely pointless you stop him from jumping around as much yeah it's easier for her to kill him so she's more of a viable option i think it's a smart move definitely a smart move and i don't know she's really annoying i hate the invisibility i hate when she's behind enemy lines and just kills our healer Oh, the time, man. That's what I'm saying. Like that, that's sort of annoying. They're just going to give an annoying character the ability to be more annoying. <laughs> you know? Hey, but you, you got to learn to deal with it. It's ebb and flow of video games and all the, uh, the patching that goes on. So. Yeah, you know how I deal with it? Same way I deal with everyone else. Junk. <laughs> Drop a trap everywhere. Just exactly. Just fire. There's someone okay. that I was playing comp yesterday and someone was like, yo, I think we need a, I think we need a tank. I was like, all right, I got you. I picked junk rat. Like, I said tank. I was like, I'm a tank dog. I'm a tank. I'm a tank. He did not take kindly to that. He did not take kindly to that. And we got moved <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> wasn't me. Right, what anyway, what last get? up, we have the, uh, a little fan theory that was posted on Reddit. I have not watched, or I'm not as familiar with uh, this story, but it's according to a Reddit user, Anarcoholic, who said that he believes, or she believes, that Hero 27's identity, which Jeff Kaplan had hinted at what had been already mentioned in a previous developer's update, uh, was directly tied to the game's Uprising event, which was likely to return in March. Um, and he, or she, believes that the popular theory is that the next hero is a tank, uh, and the reason so is that they believe it's somehow tied to Reinhardt, who fought the Null Sector and the Omnic extremist group, and apparently that's who you're going to have, potentially. I think a new tank would be cool. Yep, um, yep, I agree. I hope they make it a flying tank. I know that sounds weird, but a flying tank would be kind of cool. Just, that I agree with. The flying tank like, would be cool. Eva is so mobile, and that's good. You got the monkey, but... I don't know, something else, like a mobile flying shield tank, maybe. I don't know. I would love for Arissa to be slightly faster. Right? She just, she's so slow. So slow. So slow. But But great character. She's dead. Yeah, exactly. Let's get to some uh, more uh, curious news. Um, This is in regards to Sony. 
recently gave up PS4 data to the FBI in a Kansas terror investigation. And so uh, the FBI had uh, subpoenaed or asked Sony for the information from a potential suspect who had been planning to travel to Kansas, uh, from Kansas to the Middle East to fight on behalf of a terrorist organization. Um, but in the warrant, um, they claimed to have tried to, grant, to grab his PS4 uh, because they believed to be uh, the way he was messaging everyone, but the guy had already cleared it or cleaned the entire PS4. And so to get that data, they reached over to Sony. Uh, the reason it's interesting uh, to me in particular was that uh, the guy ended up going to jail for four years for pa uh, passport fraud. But it was interesting because in the court ruling uh, for the Kansas judge presiding over the case, he ruled that the PlayStation Network account was not subject to the reasonable expectation of privacy as outlined in the Fourth Amendment protections covering unreasonable searches. That's interesting to me um, because it just sort of uh, is a sign uh, and will be something we'll notice pretty uh, continually moving forward in the next couple of years of the lack of current legislation that affects or uh, is applicable to digital technology to a large degree. Um, okay. And so unreasonable search and seizure, like if you get stopped, uh, say you're a brown guy, say, and you're trying to fly and they ask to see your phone, that's a reasonable expectation of privacy. That's the only reason I mention it. It is a curious mm -hmm. thing, but that's neither here nor there. Let's Just get yet. back into some Twitch numbers. And so... Twitch. Twitch is the number one place to watch stuff. Just number saying. Number one. Number one. Uh, so for the month of January, uh, Twitch's peak viewership was 962,000, which represented a 22% increase from the previous January. And it's an interesting number because as a point of comparison, uh, Fox News Channel and ESPN peaked at 1.5 million followed by MSNBC at 885,000 and CNN at 783. That's pretty, what do you think? I mean, it, is it not proof of esports arrival? It's a sign of times. It's definitely sign, sign of times. times. A lot of kids are going to Twitch. I mean, you pay for your internet and then you get access to everything. Great. So FCC coming in could mess all that up. Mm -hmm. You know, we'll see how that goes. Anyway, uh, Twitch is like, think about it you have so many different games. So it's equivalent of different channels and you have so much different content. You know, you like the, excuse me, the medium so you can go and watch them. And plus you're more in tune with a person's personality. Like you're following a person's journey through that video game too. And that's, what's different. Whereas like you have a lot of random things that are on television. It's not following a, a personality. It's mm. like talk shows. It's essentially just like a whole bunch of talk shows on Twitch. And it's very exciting to uh, hear people's opinions on the games and to go through their journey. Um, I don't know. The content journey, as I was mentioning with YouTube earlier, which is Twitch seems to be taking the place that YouTube held to be that content sort of finding place, you know, where you find now it's Twitch personalities you're going to be finding, not necessarily YouTube personalities. I think right. the focus or the, I guess, coincidentally, they've sort of just shifted, but Twitch is Smart. only going to get bigger. Yeah, no, it's definitely going to get bigger. Though other things mentioned in the article, which I think are good points, is just um, it, it means esports has arrived, I think, right, as a medium. And you have this much 
viewership that's important to sustain Twitch and the future of video games in general and that kind of stuff. But the problem is, the, <laughs> what did it say? The top 10 video games of Twitch last year are not the same top 10 that are this year, right? Mm -hmm. The market is so fluid because there's so much content coming out that, um, I don't know, consistently you could think of things like uh, American Idol and it'll always be like one of the top shows on mm -hmm. TV, right? Consist consistently see a show on CW and know that like Supergirl is always going to be up there or Flash or whatever, um, things that have longevity. But here, there's not a lot of staying power in video games. And so you're going to see a lot of migration. That's the only difference where League of Legends has a top spot right now, of course. Because of China. In a few years, man, that's going to fade. Legal MOBAs are going to be out of style. People are like, oh, you play a MOBA? I play my VR holographic headset game. Mm. Called I just Faces. think a, a, a different version of League of Legends will take the place of League of Legends. I think it just a, a different MOBA with slightly different mechanics. Essentially <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I think I think that the the games, and it's always interesting to me how, how games evolve over time and how they like maintain user bases, which is you know something I think about with Counter Strike, which is why I was like, that's the perfect esports game. It has not changed in 20 years. It's changed, but the fundamental concept of the game has not changed. Um, and so not a lot of games have a, an equivalent lifespan as CSGO, maybe StarCraft, you know, but that's RTS games. RTS games always, you know, survive like that. If you had a slightly updated graphical version with slight variations to the things that people don't necessarily love about League of Legends, yeah, I think you could, you could get up to, to a level of that. I think that space is always there. I think MOBAs have a particular interest to cerebral gamers because of okay. the strategy. You know, I love FPS because I'm like, you know, of course there's a cerebral aspect. I don't want to discount either side, but the, the payoff is slightly different in FPS right. versus no, I, a MOBA. Um, it's a dip, yeah. I think I get where you're coming from, though. You're kind of saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like if you found a game that everyone liked, everyone would like it, and it would take the place of League of Legends. Like, obviously, man. Like, I think that's the case. Well, I mean, it's obviously in a perfect vacuum. I'm not going to say that thing is even <laughs> going to exist, you know? But right, right, right. is the potential okay. for its existence? I want to clarify. Yeah. I, I yeah, want to yeah, clarify. Yeah. Do I think something's going to overtake League of Legends in the next five years? No. Oh, oh okay, okay. You know, two to three years, you'll see a drop off in numbers. It's significant. Drop off. I don't know, man. It's, it's happening and people are just rotating around. That's the cool thing about video games. There's always something else you could jump to, which is great as a consumer. But um, like look at PUBG. You know, for the PUBG came out. Of, sorry, continue. I was just going to say, I, I was going down a different tangent, essentially. But long story short, just it's great for consumers, probably bad for the producers because you. You're going to be hot for a few years, tops, and then I think you're going to you're going to change it up. As Kanye said, "You've been trending in a few days. I've been trending in a few years." Slogan. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. Boom. Got it. Right there. Boom. All right. Next up, I'm going to do a quick follow up to uh, loot boxes because, as we had mentioned last week, Hawaii. Rancer, had... Come on. What's do up? it. Okay. Oh, yeah. This, this is coming in. So I, I had I had mentioned to Lilo before the show. This is going to be of particular interest to me. 
this episode, this portion in particular. So uh, we had mentioned that Hawaii state uh, legislature had moved four bills into uh, or had proposed four bills to regulate loot boxes. And it (laughs) was beautiful. Uh, That was House Bill, the first bill rather, was House Bill 2686 and Senate Bill 3024. And both of those aim to prohibit the sale of video games containing randomized rewards or a virtual item that can be redeemed to receive a randomized reward to consumers under the age of 21, which ridiculous. That 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 sort of sets vague to a degree. Um, but you think that's big? I mean, they're trying to target. I thought that was in line with what you were saying. They're trying to limit the targeting of minors for gambling. Isn't that is that what you? We're trying to say before well i don't uh, to the minors yeah under the age of 21 though should be 18 i think you think it's 18 i yeah, guess so i mean 18. So it's gambling 18. not that's a wait no no is it ah that's a good question i don't even know let me google this real fast I what, think what age 18. in las vegas i think it's 18 i think drinking is uh, 21 man, I, I don't think so i think it's 21 is i think it? gambling is 21. yeah land of the free baby is gambling, blah, 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 let's go through. Just type in gambling age. Nah, man, it's different for every state, which is interesting. And most of the states are 21. So, yeah, that's wow. that's the reason why. Well, Alaska is 18. Idaho is 18. Kansas is 18. Maine is 18. Minnesota is 18. Interesting. North nice. Carolina, 18. Washington, 18. And Wyoming, 18, plus Rhode Island. But every other state, so I listed about 12. Every other state is uh, 21. So That's interesting. Hawaii yeah, is 21 years old. What an arbitrary number to allow people to gamble. You know, I found, I found that curious too. You, you, that all, whole argument, you can go to war and die for your country, but you can't have a beer or gamble. Yeah. Fuck yeah. At 18. Yeah. And, and, and it just, what do you define as an adult? You know, to me, it's whatever. We That, that <laughs> is an argument that could go on forever, but or debate conversation that can go on forever. Uh, right. The second set of bills, House 2727 and Senate Bill 3025, seek to establish disclosure requirements, including probability rates, which even China does dog for publishers of games that feature loot box mechanics. Furthermore, any digital or physical copies of games that feature loot boxes would be labeled as follows. Warning contains in-game purchases and gambling-like, quote-unquote, mechanisms which may be harmful or addictive that is interesting uh, to me that's more in line what i am interested in i'm very curious about the probability rates i think they have the same potential for manipulation that i used to feel that online poker did and that's because it was based on an algorithm there wasn't a set tangible three decks you know shuffled in front of you and you know whatever the case is um that and so and what happened to online poker they realized that they're like oh wait you know this is really ripe for exploitation and then they had to figure out a way to do it quickly now also mentioned back to the fact that we don't have current digital technological legislation that is readily applicable these days um and so the reason i brought this story up was that the entertainment software association uh which is the group that uh makes up the esrb um, they in, defended the industry's record on self-regulation 
and drew attention to existing consumer protection systems, such as the ESRB classification, the parental controls. Um, they said that some confused, uh, <clears throat> we strongly believe in the industry's self-regulatory efforts remain the most effective way to address these important issues. And that system has a proven and long record of doing so. This is exactly what <laughs> I had mentioned, that they have an inherent conflict of interest because of how lucrative it is. What did we mention two weeks ago? We mentioned Activision made $4 billion on microtransactions. They literally right. made more fucking money on these things than, than video games. And mm-hmm. you know you know what they're not going to release with that? What was the age of the demographic that you made a predominant percentage of that money on? If I could see a breakdown of that, if they're going to be transparent with the demographic breakdown of the, the, the numbers they got, then fine. But for them to do this, so then... This also, that, that was a Hawaiian uh, state uh, senator who had uh, brought it up initially. Uh, and now it's sort of spread like sort of uh, you know, wildfire. And now a New Hampshire senator said he called upon the ESRB to review whether loot boxes are being marketed in an ethical and transparent way, which is like the least slap on the wrist way that you could potentially say, yo, you guys are being exploitative in a pretty non-subtle fucking manner. You want to clean that up a little bit. Um, but New Hampshire it's senator, a, this is a senator now. They went from state senator to literal state senator, if you guys can see <laughs> that difference. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, sure. Uh, hopefully that didn't confuse anybody. Exactly. If it did, go Sorry. Go, go take it, a civics class. New Hampshire, so she has asked the ESRB. Wait, what happened? I'm just saying to clarify, it's moving up in the eyes of the law. This this topic is growing. Let's just go with that. It's growing. Agreed. That's a good way to put it. Um, and so she uh, was worried about, uh, again, the ethical and transparent way, but she was worried that the loot box contents could mirror mechanics often found in casinos and games of chance without going so far as to call loot boxes gambling because, you know, I'm sure there's a lobby there. Um, you, she noted how such things could turn into a quote unquote expensive habit, um, yep. as such microtransactions share quote unquote, similar psychological principles with game. Like how much do you have to manipulate words to say that it's not gambling? If you have to go that far to prove that's not gambling. Just saying that's like, that's a testament to our legal system and whatnot. There's a point, a fine line where it becomes slander against a company and they can get sued, that kind of thing. So. You know, you don't want to throw them under the bus, but she's calling out the issue, which I appreciate. And you got to go from there, right? Like that's, they, that's they, do, the right? ESRB, this was the Ars Technica article. The ESRB responded saying they had received Senator Hassan's letter and that they, uh, as the industry evolves, so does our rating system. Uh, and they'll continue to make enhancements to ensure parents continue to be well-informed. Um, unfortunately, I think, these guys are going to be silly enough to allow themselves to be regulated by the government. Um, can't do much there. Uh, but anyway, fucking ESRB, man. What do you do? Um, I, I think the biggest thing out of that is if they do incorporate, if it's become state law in Hawaii and Vermont and wherever, wherever else to include gambling mechanisms in the boxes that might open some eyes of parents and then the issue can get more light but until then we'll see we'll see what happens fair point fair point last up 
All Xbox Live members, regardless of subscription status, can play online for free starting today and through the weekend. Uh, that includes the ability to play NBA 2K18, whether you're a gold member or any status. Uh, that's interesting. Coincides with the... Re- Actually, I guess you... If you don't have Xbox Live, you would have a reason to get the closed beta of Sea of Thieves, but uh, it's pretty cool that they're doing that. I think it's going to entice a lot of people uh, to sign up for Game Pass and to become recurrent payments or recurrent spenders for Microsoft and for Xbox. Um, I think it'll look good. It'll work good. Um, So if you have Xbox or if you don't have Xbox and you have Xbox and you don't really play it, go online this weekend. Go have fun. Uh, Try it out. And then lastly, Xbox, again, has launched a party chat uh, in its Xbox app for Android and iOS. So if you use Xbox Live, you can use it to stay in touch with people on your friend list, which is pretty cool. Um, Social media works really well uh, with gaming, uh, and we'll we'll see those two converge uh, in in ways like this moving forward. Any thoughts on either or? I think the former awesome it's free as a member who's I have an Xbox subscription for the next three years because I bought them at a cheap price. Like nice. that's, that's cool for everybody else. I'm happy. It doesn't mean anything to me. There's just, I have so much free content. It's awesome. I'm just <laughs> join with become one of us is essentially what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Secondly, exactly. latter part, I think uh, Xbox is actually behind the bubble and they're just trying to make up ground right now because everybody who uses any social media and like wants to communicate to with their friends on Xbox, it's for a reason to say like you're in a destiny, you want to do a raid or you have a clan and call of duty and you want to go and crushing people and make a match or whatever. Uh, most of those people already have those forms of uh, those mediums to communicate, like whether it be the Twitch app, whether it be discord app, whether it be Google hangouts, whatever the case is um, they're already have that infrastructure that's set up and, Xbox is like, why aren't we tapping into that? Why don't we just do it all at home? And that's why I think they're behind the bubble, but it makes sense why they're dropping the, uh, the applications now. So that smart move, that uh, a little behind, but good for them. Hopefully it catches on. If it's not wonky and it works and I can do the same things I do with the other applications, great. But if it's not as convenient, obviously I'm going to st- stick with Twitch or Discord because we already use that. We have our servers, we do what we do. You know? Super facts, super facts, super facts. Mm-hmm. Super facts. Anyway, anyway uh, that's uh, it that's for today. Um, make sure you guys have a good weekend. weekend. Listen to the show. And remember, Tuesday, Matt Laycock, creator of Pandemic Pandemic Legacy, sitting, sitting or chatting, chatting with Lilo. Enjoy yeah. your weekend. Later. Talk to you guys Tuesday. <laughs>